HK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve at Dunthorne. The headlines. The Health Minister says that the administration has to move slowly in removing coronavirus social distancing restrictions. Concerns persist over how waste is being handled at COVID-19 testing sites and that University of Hong Kong students apologise over a video that depicted mainland students as spies for Big Brother. The Health Secretary, Sophia Chan, insists the ban on public gatherings of more than two people can't be relaxed yet because there are still invisible chains of COVID-19 infection in the community. She was speaking ahead of the relaxation of anti-epidemic measures that will see gyms, massage parlours and clubhouses reopen tomorrow. Maggie Ho reports. Speaking on an RTHK radio program, the health chief said the relaxation of infection control measures must be done in an orderly and gradual manner to try to minimize the risk of another resurgence of COVID-19. When asked why some businesses like bars, karaoke and video game arcades are still closed, but others, including gyms, can reopen, Ms. Chen said the decision struck a balance between public hygiene and people's mental health. Most importantly, we are doing it in an orderly manner slowly. We don't want to relax everything at the same time, as that would lead to a high risk of infection, in particular when we already know there are invisible patients and infection chains in the community. We have to be careful with every step we take. Concerns about the disposal of medical waste from community mass testing centres persists, despite health authorities saying the waste is no different to household waste. Shartin District Councillor Johnny Tam says he's seen gloves and face shields being put into regular bins rather than separate containers. In the past, I worked in some uh, youth organisation. I also did some STI testing for the youth and at a high standard, we should put the gloves and also the face shield in the sharp box rather than in the normal garbage bin. Also, the infection chance is not that high, but during the pandemic, we should take a higher standard to try to uh, process this uh, medical waste. The Students' Union at the University of Hong Kong has apologised over a video that described mainland students as spies for Big Brother. Wendy Wong has more. The Union's Campus TV published a video on Tuesday as a parody of an official university welcome film. It changed the name of the institution to the University of Xiangang, which is the Putonghua pronunciation of Hong Kong, and said the university welcomed a new cohort of mainland students and spies of the Big Brother. In a statement yesterday, the university management said the depiction of a specific group of students was offensive, hurtful, insensitive and unfair. In response, Campus TV said it didn't intend to attack anyone, but wanted to point out what it saw as the university's unbalanced resource allocation and outside interference in the university's management. It's removed the video. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, has attended a ceremony with other top officials at City Hall Memorial Garden to mark the 75th anniversary of Japan's surrender in the Second World War. They observed two minutes silence and bowed to pay their respects. The police rifle squad performed a 21-gun salute. Two vice chairmen of the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference and former chief executives, Tung Chi Hua and Si Wai Lung, the head of Beijing's liaison office, Lui Hening, and the city's former leader, Donald Zhang, and Chief Justice Jeffrey Ma also attended. 
Police say they've broken up a smuggling syndicate that used chemicals to disguise the drug ice within wood used in imported furniture. The first time the technique has been seen in the SAR. Two men were arrested, one of whom was remanded in custody by Kowloon City Court yesterday on charges of manufacturing and trafficking dangerous drugs. The other is on police bail. Officers say they seized three kilos of wood, 600 grams of cocaine and a small amount of ice in the flat where the pair were picked up. Superintendent Alan Chung explained the technique. The drug dealers overseas, actually they use some chemical methods to shop the ice drug into the woods and they made a wooden furniture and they export to Hong Kong in normal manner. And as to how the Hong Kong traffickers retrieve the ice from the uh, furniture, from the wooden furniture, we believe they used high heat to boil the uh, wood and to retrieve the ice in a chemical manner. Overseas, President Trump has suggested people in a key battleground state, North Carolina, should attempt to vote twice in November's US presidential election. During a visit to the state, Mr Trump said he didn't like the fact that several hundred thousand people there may use postal ballots. He said they should test the state system by attempting to vote once by mail and once in person. Voting twice in a US election is illegal. Here's the BBC's Naomi Iqbal. President Trump has made lots of false statements about the security of voting by mail and the types of ballots people can request ahead of the election. He's even made suggestions without any evidence the election will be rigged, something he said in 2016, even though he won. Voting twice in the same election is illegal in every state and is the kind of voter fraud Mr Trump has constantly rallied against. The government's top lawyer, the Attorney General William Barr, has expressed concern about the scale of postal voting, but he hasn't said anything about Mr Trump's comments. The United States has imposed further sanctions on the Chief Prosecutor of the International Criminal Court, Fatou Bansouda. The Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, announced a freeze on any US-related assets held by Ms Bansouda and her top aide, Pakishu Mokshikokcho. Mr Pompeo described the ICC as a kangaroo court, accusing it of targeting Americans by continuing its investigation into possible US war crimes in Afghanistan. The International Criminal Court, a thoroughly broken and corrupted institution. The United States has never ratified the Rome Statute that created the court, and we will not tolerate its illegitimate attempts to subject Americans to its jurisdiction. The ICC described the sanctions as an unprecedented and serious attack on the international criminal justice system and the rule of law. A leading politician in Greenland has called for a national debate about colonial symbols after the council in the capital, Nook, ruled that a controversial statue could stay. Here's the BBC's Mike Saunders. The killing of George Floyd in the United States has sparked a sometimes violent reappraisal of the historical legacy worldwide. Hans Igatha has not escaped. A statue to the 18th century Danish founder of Greenland's capital, Nuuk, has been repeatedly vandalised. Some revere him for bringing Christianity to the Inuit people, despite the smallpox epidemic that followed. Local residents voted to keep the statue, a decision the council has now ratified, despite the paltry turnout. But a centre-left leader, Inga Dora Markison says the debate should be wider. Old wounds need to be healed, she says. There's been international condemnation of the use of what German experts say was a military-grade nerve agent to poison the prominent Kremlin critic Alexei Navalny. 
The German Chancellor, Angela Merkel, said it was an attempt to silence the opposition politician. She said the world was waiting for answers from the Kremlin after scientists said they'd proved he was poisoned with Novichok. She told a news conference that only the Russian government could explain how Mr. Navalny fell ill on a domestic flight last month. Dieses Gift lässt sich zweifelsfrei in den Proben nachweisen. The presence of this poison was discovered without any doubt. Therefore, it is now certain that Alexei Navalny is the victim of a crime. The attempt was to silence him, and I condemn this. We expect the Russian government to give an explanation. There are now grave questions which only the Russian government can and must answer. A European Union climate research group says carbon emissions from wildfires burning in the Arctic have reached record levels for the second year in a row. Scientists fear the fires may now be smouldering underground from one year to the next. Here's the BBC's Roger Harabin. The researchers estimate that from the start of January to the end of August, Arctic CO2 emissions from fires totaled 244 megatons. That's nearly the amount for the whole economy of, say, Malaysia. Their index is just 17 years old, so it can't paint a historic picture. But the scientists are alarmed that this year's spike in wildfires is so extreme. They say the fires could be caused by lightning strikes or human activity, but they think some may also have been zombie fires smouldering through winter in deep peaty soil while the topsoil above lies frozen. Britain's Prince Harry and his wife Meghan Markle have signed a contract to produce programmes for the streaming giant Netflix. The couple, who moved to California after stepping back from royal duties, said they wanted to create content that informed, but also gave hope. Here's the BBC's Gareth Barlow. When Harry and Meghan parted ways with royal life and royal funding, many were left wondering what commercial ventures they might pursue. The combination of a proven Hollywood star and an international star in the form of a prince made broadcasting an obvious choice. The multi-year deal will reportedly see the couple produce a variety of programmes, from documentaries to children's shows, for the platform's almost 200 million subscribers. How much the contract is worth, like so many things in royal life, is private. The Brazilian Football Federation has announced it's now paying players in the men's and women's national teams equally. Daily rates are the same and prize money for those taking part in the Olympics will also be levelled. Here's the BBC's Leonardo Rocha. Until 1979, legislation banned women in Brazil from playing football. The sport was seen as too brutal and inappropriate for women. In more recent years, female teams have had to struggle with other problems, lack of funding and unequal pay. But the head of the country's football federation said those days were now gone. He also promised to equalize pay for everyone competing in the World Cup. Given the global fame of Brazilian football, the move sends a strong signal to the rest of the world. In finance, trading in shares of Golden Financial has been halted as reports emerged that it's agreed a refinancing plan with CK Asset to help clear $10 billion in loans. The Hang Seng Index at 25,042 a short time ago, down 77 points on the previous close. Currencies, I'll bring you the currencies in a moment. Sport now, here's Atom Jung. We start with tennis and a major upset on day three of the U.S. Open in New York. The women's top seed Carolina Pliskova is out. She was beaten by Carolyn Garcia. The BBC's David Law has more from Flushing Meadows. 
it was a high quality match in the second set in particular and it did look as though Pliskova was going to turn the tables on Garcia but Garcia held firm when it mattered most she raced into a 6-1 lead in the first set and was 4-3 up in the second with a break but Pliskova produced some fantastic tennis to get to two set points of her own but she didn't take them Garcia eventually winning that second set in a tie break to knock out the top seed and really open up that section of the draw as we move into the third round stage earlier on today Novak Djokovic no problems for him the top seed in the men's draw he defeated Carl Edmund in four sets he did lose the first set and Edmund played particularly well in that set but eventually faded and Djokovic really tightened up his game and managed to get through to the third round Elsewhere in the men's draw, Britain's 76th-ranked Cameron Norrie, who knocked out the ninth-seeded Diego Schwartzman on day one, is now through to the third round. Norrie defeated Federico Correa of Argentina in straight sets. The 2018 women's champion Naomi Osaka marched into the third round after beating Camilla Georgi 6-1, 6-2. Onto football, Lino Messi's father, Jorge, who's also the player's agent, is in talks with Barcelona in a bid to secure his son's departure from the club. Samara Hunter of La Liga TV says it could take some time for the two sides to find a solution. Most likely he won't be able to leave for free because if in fact he does try to do that and the club say no, well, they could just rip up the contract and walk away anyway. But if that's the case, then Barcelona are most definitely going to take them to court, in which case it would then be up to the judge to determine whether they want to um, take the contract and that clause for the letter of the law, or if they want to interpret it based on the spirit of the law, in which case they could say, okay, Messi, you're in the right, you can leave, or they say, no, you have to pay a certain amount. So it is very complicated. I think it will probably take more than two days for them to reach some kind of agreement. But in the end, I do think that they will find some sort of resolution that works for both parties. Basketball, the fifth-seeded Miami Heat got past the top-ranked Milwaukee Bucks 116-114 to take a 2-0 lead in their second-round NBA playoff series. Jimmy Butler sealed the win by making a pair of free throws after time expired. Houston held off Oklahoma City in Game 7, winning 104-102 and will face the LA Lakers in the second round. And that's your look at sports. Very quickly, the currency is the US dollar trading at 106.26 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar 18 cents and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars 32 cents. To end the news, the top stories once again. The health minister says the administration has to move slowly in removing coronavirus social distancing restrictions. Concerns persist over the handling of waste at testing sites. And HKU students apologise over a video that depicted mainland students as spies for Big Brother. The news from RTHK. The government is conducting a public consultation on the 2020 policy address. Please share your views on different policy areas. We are willing to listen and engage. For details, please visit the website www.policyaddress.gov.hk. To prevent pneumonia and respiratory tract infection, always keep hands clean and wash hands for at least 20 seconds. Put the lid down before flushing. Add water to U-traps regularly. Cover your mouth and nose with a tissue when sneezing or coughing. 
wear a mask, and seek medical advice promptly if unwell. Fully cover your nose, mouth, and chin with a mask. Visit chp.gov.hk to learn more. Welcome to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, this Thursday afternoon. Thursday, the 3rd of September is today's date. Many thanks once again to Phil Whelan for the morning brew today. 
and we do have a busy program. In light of COVID-19, we're talking about the health of our lungs from a Chinese medicine perspective, and we'll be chatting with Clara Chan, 